Welcome to Let's Talk Trade, a podcast by the World Trade Organization. I'm Yuri Zabu Yamashita. This season, we are showcasing stories of business resilience, of small companies that use trade to bounce back from the COVID-19 pandemic. This is the main theme of this year's public forum. We heard some great stories of resilience while preparing for our event, and we wanted to share some of them. I would even argue that to enter international markets at all is a sign of resilience. Especially for small companies, there are many elements to brave. How do you make sure that your product fits with practices and culture in other countries? How to ship them correctly? How to label them? Standards in trade are central to all of this. Whether you talk about cosmetics or even vaccines. Add a global pandemic to the mix and the situation can be even more challenging. How much can I tell you about this? Not much. But I reached out to some people who can. So let's talk trade. Today, Resilient Stories. Casa Feito Brasil. Making a home abroad. My name is Rafael Arns and I'm Export Manager from Casa Feito Brasil. The word casa in English means house and Feito Brasil means made in Brazil. So we develop natural, ethical, environmentally and also socially responsible cosmetics. Our company was founded in 2004. We are located in the south of Brazil, in the countryside, in a factory that is like a farm specifically. <laughs> and can you describe how were you working before the pandemic? So before the pandemic, physical stores in general represented a very important part of the revenue. Approximately 70% of the revenue come from the stores. The digital channels have always been very important in our strategies. But in terms of revenue, it was lower than physical stores. And then what happened when the pandemic hit? How did it hit the, you know, the people in the company, the business, the business model? Tell us what happened. The uncertainty makes us at the first moment a little bit scared because we have several families working here. So we have a lot of people that depends on the company as well. It was really, uh, in the beginning, was a process of great tension for everybody, for all the people and all the companies, for sure. And the adjustments to this new reality of social distance had to be done very quickly. Fortunately, we had few cases of COVID in team members, but we had, for example, employees who unfortunately lost beloved ones. So this is a situation that is equally complicated because the weight of the loss in these conditions affects deeply the person. With the vast majority of physical shops closed, e-commerce became the primary source of sales to many companies. So we had to focus our efforts on expanding our business digitally and also beyond Brazil's border. So the experience in Brazil shows that e-commerce, in addition to being an extremely profitable channel, was also a possibility for the company's internationalization, like the fastest and maybe the most economical possibility for a small company like us to establish itself in another market. So we decided to launch a second e-commerce in France to get closer to the final consumer and also the big buyers with a local warehouse that can very fast distribute across the European community. And how easy was making this shift to selling to France? Is it just putting your products in a box and shipping? 
it would be good if it was just to ship the products in a box and send it to France. But indeed, this process to adapt the company and also the product was like extremely enriching for us. We had the opportunity to learn about several different laws, which in some aspects, they are even more restrictive and demanding than ours here in Brazil. The first situation was regarding the packaging, because here in Brazil, we just have to to make the, the compatibility test to prove, okay, our product and the packaging, they are good with each other. It, the packaging will not interfere in the quality of the product. But once we went to, to European community specifically, they also request that this packaging doesn't release toxins in some specific conditions like water, acid, alcohol, and etc. This for us was quite shocking because we used to work with a lot of packaging companies from Brazil. And since it's not mandatory here, uh, we couldn't use their packaging without making new tests. And these tests, they weren't even available here in Brazil because it's not mandatory at all. So they don't have to do it. They don't have to certify that a package that they sell for cosmetics branch also must be compatible with food, for example, which is one of the the things that the European Union demand. So we had sometimes to change suppliers or even to get this packaging sent to Europe, proceed with lab tests in Europe to get this approval, and then we could use it. It was also good to our suppliers because now since they have this test, they can sell, for example, the same package that, that they sell to me to other clients that also want to enter on the international market and also need this certification as well. And another thing that we faced like a huge challenge was regarding the marketing claims. This was very different because here we are more freely to use marketing claims. We have, of course, legislation, but we can use superlatives and some kind of expressions that are completely forbidden there. For example, the word deep, we can't use deep hydration to be on the label. And for us, it's something very common here. So for our marketing team, it was very shocking. We have to say the same things, but in a different perspective. And uh, how do you feel knowing that these products are reaching new consumers in France, uh, in Russia, uh, and that your efforts were the, you know, one of the driving forces that put them there? For us, it's like a, a dreaming come true, a very pride moment, because sometimes it seems that export business is for big companies that requires like tons and tons of investments. And we are here showing that a small company in the South, in the countryside, uh, can also have the opportunity to go abroad. I think that this is the biggest message that we have because we face a lot of challenges, but we never let the internationalization and the export business uh, aside. We never said, oh no, it will be very complicated to enter in France. Uh, on the other hand, we said, okay, since it's so complicated, if we are able to do it, we will be able to enter in many other places because once you get in the tough one, the other ones, you are already prepared. So this was a, a huge uh, process for our company. All the sectors, literally, they had to understand the importance because once we said this shipment is going to export, everything is different. The production is the same, but the label is different. How you put the expired date, if you have to add a sticker, how we can make the invoice here in the office. 
everything changed. So the whole team have to understand the importance of this new process. When we say, for example, to the girls that work on our production, hey, the product that is in your hand right now, it's going to be in the hand of a final consumer in Russia. It's something huge for us. It's something really impressive. And what lessons do you take from all of this? Well, uh, for sure, uh, I think that the biggest one is that opportunities exist, even in difficult times. But to be able to take advantage of these opportunities, it's necessary that the company is somehow already prepared. So if we were able to revert the source of our revenue from physical stores, for example, to online channel, it was due to years of investment in this area. And if nowadays we are able to open international markets, it's again a result of years of preparation, products registration, international certifications, and etc. So I think that this is one of the biggest lessons that we have. And also that new times, they always require new actions. So resiliency is the key. This word is very, very important. Um, international business specifically, it will demand investments and patience to understand that the results will not be exactly immediate, but they can be very profitable. So the more prepared a company is, the more likely it is to have opportunities in its favor, you know. Um, I think that small companies like us, they have to dream big. It's, it's important for them to dream big but they have to have their feet on the ground as well. So once they have like audacious goals to be achieved, they have to manage to achieve like small victories every day to get one step closer to their dream. Any advice for businesses who are also looking to start trading? So the advice is always take a look on the solution and not on the problem because we will always have problems from different origins And we have to say, okay, this is the problem, but what is the solution and how can I use the solution in my favor? Sometimes the plans, they don't go exactly as we planned before, but the most important is to find new ways to achieve the same or even better results. New results can come up from these moments as well. Casa Feito Brasil has been able to get over a lot of hoops and to start selling abroad. Complying with standards in other countries was central to make that happen. What has the effect of the pandemic been on these standards? What can we expect going forward, especially for smaller business? Well, let's hear from someone who knows all about this. My name is Devin McDaniels. I'm Canadian um, and I work uh, in the Trade and Environment Division. My work is really about standards issues and regulatory issues, uh, what we call here the WTO technical barriers to trade. What's nice about, about this topic is that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know a lot. So you have to, you know, you, you can dig deeper and deeper and deeper. There's just a lot to know. And well, you, I think you just mentioned how, you know, quite not complex, but how, you know, encompassing these standards are. They're always changing. There's always something to learn. Um, and this is something oh, Rafaela also mentioned in her story that we just heard that how standards play a very important role in helping the company prove the quality of their products, help them enter new markets. Um, can you tell us why this is important? Why do we need standards in trade? So s standards, 
I like to think of standards like a good recipe. So imagine a good recipe for making um, an apple cake. So it's, it, it will give you some guidance. It'll give you a list of ingredients. It will tell you how to make that apple cake, the temperature, the steps you have to go through. Um, and it will give you a result that's been tried and tested because many people have done it before. Now, if you imagine um, a world without the WTO, without the WTO, every country would have their own recipe for making an apple cake. And that means that if you produce a cake, an apple cake for one country, you just simply can't trade it. You can't uh, access another country. So what the WTO does here is actually try to bring everyone onto the same page to, to an internationally agreed recipe. And this is an, an international standard. Um, and these international standards do, do a lot of things. They help ensure that products are safe, that they're of good quality. Um, they, they deal with things like packaging, labeling, etc. Just for those who may not know, does the WTO actually set these standards? No. So the WTO doesn't set standards. What we do is we push countries to use international standards that are set by other uh, technical organizations that are um, that are out there where governments get together, experts from different, oh, you know, all governments get together uh, to set them. So there's there's some organizations for food standards, some for um, electrical, uh, some for safety, et cetera. So this is the idea that by moving everyone towards this common recipe, you facilitate trade, you make it a lot easier, you you enable economies of scale, you, you allow um, companies to access many different markets. Um, and so that's, that's the benefit for trade. And that's why the WTO agreements um, push uh, countries to use those international standards. I think one of the, one of the channels that members do use um, is coming to the WTO to raise these concerns in the different uh, committees of the WTO. And this is a very useful, useful function, I think, of what the WTO does. It gives you that uh, forum to discuss and raise these issues um, and, and hopefully come to a, a resolution. When we talk about WTO, everyone thinks about negotiating new rules or, or dispute settlement, you know, that, the legal process. But actually, this function of learning, discussing, resolving issues is, is something that goes on um, uh, behind the scenes, but is really essential to the smooth functioning of the global economy. And to what extent can, you know, complying with these standards or, or keeping track of these standards can be an obstacle? Um, the, you know, the, our Hafaela in the interview talked extensively about this, how they had to change a lot of things in their company and how that was actually not burdensome, but it, it had a cost for them. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering how does it look like for in general? Yeah, that's, that's a big, a big uh, challenge, definitely. Um, and I think like we heard from Rafaela, I mean, especially for small businesses, um, the costs of complying with standards can be high. It's very complex. You can think of it like, um, you know, a small business is being dropped in the middle of a maze and to find their way out, that's what they would need to do to comply with the standards. So, you know, this maze might deal with, you know, the packaging requirements or the quality or the labeling or the the testing or all the different things that they, the hoops they have to jump through. One way that we help with this at the WTO is the WTO agreements contain transparency requirements. And these are about informing the trading partners and, and the public at large, companies, everyone, about these regulations, what you need to do to comply. So in a way, it's like uh, they give a map to, to get, find your way out of this maze. One interesting parallel that you can think about is um, when you look at uh, the challenges that Rafael is facing with in the area of cosmetics, um, 
the need to uh, register the product to make sure that it's safe of good quality. You can imagine there are similar issues um, in the area of, uh, let's say, vaccines, for instance, when we're talking about uh, COVID-19 vaccines. We hear about this on the news every day. And so these vaccines, they need to be registered in each different market um, and comply with the, the specific safety and quality requirements in those different markets. Um, what we hear um, here at the WTO from those uh, big companies that are producing the vaccines, the big pharmaceutical companies, is that actually the regulatory issues are a, are a serious burden, a big bottleneck that they face in actually scaling up production, in reaching, in, 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 in producing more uh, in different places in the world. Um, and, and so if you can imagine that these big multinational companies are facing this huge cost, of course, the impact for a small, a small cosmetics business in Brazil, of course, is going to be huge for them, um, even, even bigger. Another part of this is that um, countries have many different challenges. And, and if you look at developing uh, countries, least developed countries, one of the biggest uh, barriers that they face, um, that entrepreneurs in those countries face in actually scaling up their business, diversifying to new markets, is actually complying with standards and, and all the, the, the hurdles they have, to, they have to jump over to do that and, and the costs of that. So it's a really concrete um, development challenge as well because um, you know, unlike a tariff, um, if, if you want to bring a product into the market, you can pay the duty. But it, with a standard, if you don't meet the requirements, you simply can't get in. So it's, it, can be a, it can simply be a wall to block out your product. So it's another aspect where if we, we want trade to, to um, be improving the lives of people around the world, we have to be thinking about this standards angle as well. And well, this is something uh, Rafaela also mentioned in, in her interview. This is one point that, especially in our branch in cosmetic area, uh, every time you're going to open a new launch, we have to pay attention to the regulatory side because each country is completely different from another. And although we have registered in one country or another, all the countries will require something in their land. Um, so Devin, you, you talked a little bit about this when you spoke about the vaccines. Um, I'm actually very curious to learn how, how COVID-19 has affected uh, international standards. Uh, what have you observed and what's going to happen going forward? One thing I think that's interesting is it's just a very practical issue. In order to prove that your product actually complies with the standards, there are certain steps you have to go through, certain checks that have to be done. And for products that, that might be... Um, might pose more risk to, to health or to safety. This often actually meant someone, you know, physically going into the factory, checking uh, how the product is produced to really have that assurance that, that, it's, that it is indeed safe. With the pandemic, that, that made that much more difficult. And it actually has sort of pushed us towards more digital tools, using uh, different ways of, of actually inspecting things remotely, um, relying on, on other sources of information, being a bit more flexible and, and using those tools to overcome that, that kind of practical challenge. Sure, it can be something as simple as um, doing a video call to look at the production facility instead of you know, traveling there because travel restrictions may not allow that, um, even internationally, of course, as well. It can be things like using um, documentary evidence in a different way, so, so assessing different uh, reports and, and information and doing that virtually and having exchanges with the company virtually to, to really check and go through everything. And looking ahead, what do you think will be the role of standards in, in trade? 
well, what will be, you know, what are we looking at yeah, in the future? When we talk about standards and looking ahead for trade, this is not going away because, of course, we always are going to want our products to be safe. Um, we always want to make sure that they're of good quality. And especially when we talk about new technologies and innovations, standards are really they are the way that these new technologies and innovations are being spread. So whether it's something like a, a driverless car or uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, if it's about yeah, 3D printing, any of these types of, of new te technologies, standards are behind these. And you want those standards to make sure that those, that those products will be safe. And the director general often says that trade is about people. I'm just curious to listen to your thoughts about this. She's so right when she says that. And I think you see that more so than ever in, in this area of standards, because it's something that we, we probably don't think about, but it's something that touches our everyday lives. If you have a child, they're playing with a toy, that toy needs to be safe. And, and that's about meeting, meeting standards. And if you get in a car and, and drive somewhere, you want to make sure that if there's an accident, you'll be safe or that your seatbelt will keep you from having a serious injury. Um, when you pick up your phone and surf on the internet, that's about standards. Thank you very much, Devin. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening. A big thank you to Rafaela Arns for sharing her story and to Devin McDaniels for talking to us. To learn more about other stories of resilience, visit the WTO's public forum page. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite platform and help spread the word. Also check out our Let's Talk Trade video series in the WTO's website and social media platforms. In fact, one of our videos deals with standards. It's called Let's Talk Product Quality and Trade. Until next time.